Hi, this is Eileen Perez. You're listening to the CBH Podcast. Yes. Yes, good morning. Monday, July 5th. Uh, this is the CVH Podcast and you're listening. Thanks. Um, yesterday was July 4th in the States. I missed it. I was busy eating <laughs> uh, Japanese street food and drinking <laughs> a Netherlands beer um, <laughs> in Paris. So, happy 4th. Maybe maybe it's the fact that I can do those three things that... that, um, that that celebrates uh, independence, right? I can do, I can do all of those things simultaneously. That's um, there you go. Um, just about another nine days here. I'm ready to go. It's time to go. Uh, the show is open, so we're just basically waiting for shows now. Uh, it's it's um, it's funny how quick. If I don't stay super busy, like the the oddness of this life settles in quickly for me. Um, days off are rough. If I don't set a schedule and do it, uh, it's very, it's easy, especially when the work is not that satisfying, uh, which is the case here. Um, uh, there's like a weird sadness, like, what am I doing? What is this again? Right. Okay. It's a paycheck. Okay. Just get your money and, and figure out what to do with your idle time because, um, it's, it's something that can easily start to drain you. And, and I don't mean in a depressed way, just in a, uh, you know, you, you find yourself missing uh, things. Um, you know, it's just a simple family pool party barbecue. You know, you, you're, you're getting the pictures and the videos and, and uh, people wishing you were there, but you're not there. And, uh, you know, uh, especially on a day off, that's kind of tough where you're just sort of... Um, I didn't have a plan yesterday, and so I was... I was um, making it up as I went along and then the day feels long these are these are ridiculous problems to talk about <laughs> I'm sure most people would just love to have five weeks in Paris by themselves right <laughs> oh pain is relative pain is relative well anyway last week I, uh, I I survived that birthday gig I was talking about um the former ambassador uh the former American ambassador to France had a had a birthday party and I was asked to sing and um, it, you know it it, uh, it it happened. You know it's funny when when a gig is just an idea, and and just sort of spitballing ideas and working out details, and then all of a sudden it's actually happening. Uh, the, that's it's not always easy to get to that. You need help getting to that moment. I've got great people in my life that that can fix these things uh, remotely. You know my my biggest help is is in New York and, and they can um, handle all of these things at a distance, uh, which is good because the, it went very well. And I met my accompanist at this, it was a private club, but it, I mean, it looked like Versailles. I mean, it was ridiculous. Just the opulence of it. The, the, I can't believe people, uh, it's, it's a private club. You know, I, I can't believe that somebody would feel comfortable in this kind of space regularly. <laughs> it's sort of a fun thing to visit. It feels like a museum, but to sort of, uh, spend your free time there as if that's how you should live is 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 very strange to me. I can only imagine what the uh, what the cost is to to be a member of this club. These huge, huge, sprawling garden, green lawns, and the the opulence of the building itself was just second to none. I mean, incredible. Um, uh, 
it was clear, very quickly clear to me that nobody was wearing black ties. So that was, <laughs> I think somebody wanted me to dress like the help, which I generally refuse to do, even though I am the help. Um, uh, but yeah, it was pretty clear. I don't, I didn't see one tuxedo at this party, although I was told it was a black tie event. There were some gowns, some beautiful gowns and, and everybody looked great, of course, but I didn't notice anybody's tuxedo, uh, so that was fine. I was I was dressed appropriately, but so we get to this room, and it's a it's a huge room that's been cut in half. Uh, so so that half of the room is where they're having dinner, and then there's a curtain uh, covering up the other half of the room, and that's where I am with my pianist, and um, and we're we're back there. You know, they said okay, sometime between nine and nine thirty, and so around nine, um, uh, she and I walk up, and we're we're sort of hanging out in this. Uh, humongous other half of this room we can hear the party going on through this big blue curtain and um we, we don't know how it's going to be done we don't know are somebody going to introduce us is somebody going to open you know <laughs> should we open this curtain <laughs> and and we're having a severe light issue on the other side nobody considered that <laughs> by the time i sang which was not between 9 and 9 30 it was 10 15 um we <laughs> there was no more light coming in the windows and and our half of the room behind the curtain was not lit and so we're sort of having a, <laughs> a little panic attack uh there's no piano light there's not even a lamp um near the piano and so we're just sort of scrambling we grab this maitre d a very very nervous gentleman of 40 something years old very thin very ill-fitted tuxedo is way too tight and, um, you know, he's wearing tiny little glasses and he's got a very sharp, short haircut. And uh, this is a nervous man. <laughs> and he keeps coming in and out of this room and we're like, oh, hey, can we have a little table over here with a little bit of water on it? And, and um, you know, this, he was like, all of a sudden, like I had just ruined his night, you know, <laughs> sort of a classic, uh, a classic um uh, reaction to something simple. Uh, and so he did find a little table, but of course he had to go find some flowers to put on it. And all of a sudden this incredible, gigantic three foot tall bouquet shows up. And so that's now next to me, which looked, <laughs> looked really nice. I thought in retrospect, maybe we should have thought of this earlier, but we're having a lighting issue. Uh, my company is just not going to be able to read this music. <laughs> I said, why don't I just stand next to you and I'll hold my iPhone <laughs> flashlight next to you and you can just read by that you know and what I'll, I'll turn pages you know so we're we're having a good laugh because this is definitely not the way to do it and so little nervous man um uh, decides he's going to be helpful and he's like oh, oh yes i have some lights and so he gets these like canister lights they look like like big can like a like a small garbage can really small garbage can like a like a bathroom garbage can he's got four or five of them and i'm and and they're attached to long cords and and i'm thinking Unless you're going to mount that on something, that's not that's not going to be helpful. That's so he starts plugging these lights in. He's got four or five of them, and he's setting up the room. All of a sudden, it's it's looking really nice in there. But again, these are floor lights, like a miniature bathroom garbage can, and he's plugged them in, and they're giving this beautiful purple ambiance to the stage area. Uh, but again, no light for the accompanist, you know. And and we don't. It's already past nine thirty, the time that I was supposed to begin, and we're thinking. When this goes down, we're not going to have any warning, and we still don't have light. And so, 
uh, my accompanist and I, we, we just start looking around. We start, we left the room, we go out into the hallway, there's another sort of seated area, and we see a lamp. <laughs> like, fuck it. <laughs> it's a pretty tall floor lamp. And so <laughs> she unplugs it, and I carry it. I carry it into the other room, and we, and we, um, we, it had an extra long cord, which was good because it went from the middle of the room all the way to the side of the wall, you know, and half the cord is sort of suspended in the air. <laughs> so it's pretty much stretched to its limit and it's kind of a soft yellow light, but it's better than nothing. <laughs> and she says she can do it. You know, we're, we're just sort of dealing with the situation at hand. And, uh, and so, all right, we've, <laughs> we've got our lighting and, um, when little nervous man saw that we had <laughs> commandeered this floor lamp, he was he was again put into a, a bit of a tizzy. <laughs> I always appreciate it when somebody else is super nervous. Um, that that helps me calm down because once I see how ridiculous somebody's being, uh, it, it it tends to take the edge off <laughs> the edge off of whatever I'm worried about. Uh, you know, I said, whatever's going to happen, eventually this curtain will open and I will sing and then I will leave. You know, that's when you're, if you're getting nervous about something, just break it down to its barest, um, its bare bones. You know, I, I used to get real nervous going to the dentist as a kid and as a young adult, nothing really changed, but you know, all the what ifs, all, you know, I, the, the idea of somebody sticking a drill to your tooth would just, it, it, it um it would haunt me um the the sound of it the feeling of it and this and this idea that at any second he was just going to drill right into the nerve you know um and so i would i i just had to like break it down i was like look you're going to go in there it's going to drill your tooth and you're going to leave that's all there is to it you know like th- this is a this is a simple thing so so don't let the what ifs get into your brain and so that's kind of what uh, i was approaching you know, uh, how i was approaching the gig the other night just you're going to go in, you're going to sing, you're going to leave. <laughs> Whatever happens between those two things is really just <laughs> do your best. We got, we got bad lighting. Um, uh, something I didn't anticipate was that Nervous Man wanted to close the windows. There were these huge floor-to-ceiling windows, again, in, in half of this banquet room. And uh, the windows were open and, and really creating a nice breeze. But he says, look, we you know out in the back patio which was three stories down i guess uh you know the rest of this private club was operating uh, as normal and so there were there was uh, outdoor seating and people were having dinner and he he decided that they weren't um, going to be privy to my concert <laughs> and so he shut uh these windows and the room inside of about 10 minutes became sweltering i mean just way too hot way too hot and I'm I'm just wearing my suit but it's it's um it's got to be 80 80 degrees in there very quickly and it's going up and uh somehow they have uh air conditioned the other side the other side of this curtain has got air conditioning but my side doesn't and my company is not and I can see her she's starting to sweat and if she's sweating then I'm already soaking wet and that's exactly what happened uh <laughs> I could feel it happening. I can't stop it. There's really nothing you can do once you start. Once I start sweating, anyway, there's not a whole lot I can do but just embrace the, <laughs> embrace the horror. And so again, we go into the other room, and I start uh, rummaging. And so there's a, <laughs> there's like a, a, a sort of a banquet set up, and and I grab a, a, a cloth napkin, and I said, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna take this because I'm gonna, I'm gonna literally pour sweat during this show. And so I, I, <laughs> I have this big white. 
uh, hanky with me and I'm wiping my brow and I'm just leaving it on the piano. And so finally, uh, the, the, um, the ambassador, former ambassador stands up and she's thanking everybody in the room and she's going through the whole thing. And so little nervous maitre d comes running in to say, Hey, it's showtime, you know, 10, 15 showtime. <laughs> We're an hour behind. That's okay. Um, and so she's thanking everybody and she's, you know, she sounds very much like a politician and well, well rehearsed and humorous. And she's, and she's, uh, thanking people and, and going on and on. And then she turns to her husband and says, I have a surprise for my husband. And okay. So now I figured this is, this is where I come in. So the surprise to her husband was there's a singer behind this curtain. Okay. And so, um, right before the swing, the, the, the curtain opens and I'm not, I'm not kidding about this. This is not an exaggeration in any way, shape or form. Right before the curtain opens, she says, uh, for a special treat for my husband who organized his birthday tonight, I give you the number one bass baritone in the world. That was my introduction. <laughs> now look, I appreciate that sentiment. <laughs> we don't have to sit here and debate whether that's true or not. It's 100% not true. Uh, but it was it was my introduction at the moment, and um, then the curtain flies open, and I don't I don't know who they're expecting to see, uh, <laughs> but there's only about fifty people, and and they and they look very enthusiastic to whatever I'm about to do, and so quick thinking um, after they stop applauding uh, and quiet down, I just turn to them and I said, well, more like the second second bass baritone in the world, which got a good laugh. And so I sort of had him at that point, but I thought, man, the bar is high tonight. <laughs> so as I'm wiping my brow <laughs> with a wet uh, napkin for the fifth time, I, I go, all right, best, <laughs> best bass baritone in the world. You better give him something. Uh, and so I just sort of quickly give him the context of, um, Ella Jemima Mo. Now, <laughs> I hadn't really thought about this until it was almost time, and then and then I considered the irony of the situation. Um, the curtain opened on the masters of the universe, right? These are extremely privileged and wealthy, successful people. Um, it's a very heavy room. It's a very heavy room. And many of the women sitting next to the men were considerably younger. <laughs> I don't want to say it was like men with their daughters, but you know, it was, it was clear that it, it, there were many second wives in the room, <laughs> which we all know only come in younger, younger models. And so, um, uh, the context of Ella Jemima Mo was, <laughs> she, so I'm, I'm, I'm giving them the context and I say, um, I'm trying to nutshell it because I know I'm, I'm going to lose their attention quickly if I don't get on with it. And I said, well, this is a, <laughs> this is the king. And he wakes up from a nightmare to realize that his much younger wife doesn't really love him. <laughs> and it's dawning on me that I'm describing half of the men, <laughs> half of the men in this room. <laughs> So then I thought, well, you know what? It's relatable. So fine, let's do it. And so Aria goes great. Uh, I follow that up with Santia Diamant. That goes very well. And then we move into the fun stuff. And 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 by the time we moved into the fun stuff, you know, which was 
it was more appropriate. It was a party. Um, in retrospect, I probably should have just done uh, 15 minutes of party music and and uh, that would have that would have gone over great. But but the the songs went great. They loved them. Uh, when I finished um, without a song, they spontaneously stood up and applauded me. They must have thought it was the end, although I still had one more piece. Um, uh, and it was great, you know. And I said, uh, I said, hey, you know, this is my second live audience in a year and three months. To which to which a great applause came. Um, I I know that they're all feeling uh, free a bit too. You know, they 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 had their party maskless. Uh, obviously, it was a it was a room full of vaccinated people, and and uh, of course they were eating, which which sort of circumvents the rules anyway. But like I said, you know, France is full of rules, and nobody's enforcing them or following them. Uh, but you could tell the sentiment of the room was was also relief that uh, a lot of this uh, COVID business is is uh, in the rear view, and I appreciated it too. I really did. They were a, an incredibly warm audience, and then the and then the Elvis song came, uh, "Can't Help Falling in Love," and and um, you know I said this was a special request uh, from the ambassador, and and I was happy to do it because I was an Elvis guy and all those things and. And as I as I began to uh, sing, the ambassador stands up and her husband stands up and they begin to dance in the middle of the room. It was really sweet. It sounds cheesy, but it wasn't. It was actually very sweet. And they were um, uh, definitely the, an original couple. No seconds there. <laughs> and um, very lovingly uh, uh, dancing in the middle of the room. And, and when it was done, it was big applause and everybody stood up and it was really sweet. And, and I was well received and felt very welcome and, and the ambassador came running up to me to to give me a hug and stuff a check in my pocket and and then ask if I would uh, uh, do it again uh, would, would I mind encoring that song one more time which of course I was happy to do and this time everybody got up and danced and then it was like a really fun atmosphere uh, and and my accompanist was more than happy to sit there and do it and and the people were truly truly appreciative and and um, the gig was uh, was great. Uh, aside from sweating completely through my suit, my gray suit, which was a mistake, should have wore a dark suit. Could have, I could have hid that a little better. But the gray suit <laughs> was a bad choice. <laughs> See, I should have worn black tie, like they told me. Anyway, so that went good. Uh, I was, I was um, happy to do it. Happy to make some extra bucks. Happy to to put some smiles on faces and and sing for people, frankly, and and to sing. Uh, Verdi and and um, and Elvis. <laughs> uh, and then the then the next day we had our our uh, second show, um, our second Tito, which was really well attended. Uh, and I have to I have to say that the um, the floor seats were all taken. I I I could. I could see a few empty seats all over to the sides, but for the most part, it was packed out, and the people seemed to be loving it. And um, it, you know, you get a lot of tourists um, at the the Palais Gagné, and uh, they just want to get in the building. I really think uh, it seems to me that you could put up any show and charge any amount of money, and the tourists are going to pay it to come in and see the inside of this theater because it has to be one of the most beautiful places in all the world. I'm not. I'm not saying uh, most beautiful place in Paris. I think it has to be top ten most beautiful places in all of the world. It's just stunning. There's nothing that's not just immaculately designed and executed in there. And it and it's just it's all gold, all red and gold. And this painted ceiling is like nothing you've ever seen. This original Chagall that's up there, uh, 
the lobby, the everything, every nothing has been missed. It's a, it's an incredible, incredible space. And so the tourists want to get in there and they want to see an opera in there. And, and, um, so they're enthusiastic and I don't know, I don't necessarily know how, um, how usual patrons of the arts they are, but they're certainly getting a taste. I wish we, I wish we gave them something different than Tito if we were trying to make, uh, opera fans, but, but so be it, you know, Mozart in that space makes a lot of sense. Um, and, and they were going nuts for it. They really went nuts for it. And, and, um, Again, it felt good. I didn't, you know, I kept saying during COVID that I didn't miss people clapping at me. But I have to say, after it happened again, I thought, right, this part of of the work, meaning the people standing there applauding when you're done, or not standing, as it were, um, that helps what I do make sense in a way, right? So it's my job to sing, and it's their job to listen, and then tell me how they feel about it. Th- those are our basically our jobs. And, um, and so, uh, when you're done with your job, it's nice to see the other people complete the circuit. Um, and, and that's what happened. Um, and it felt really rewarding and, and, and I'm not singing something that's so rewarding, but it's, um, to feel that energy come back to you, you go, right. Okay. This, this makes more sense. This makes more sense. So, so I kept saying, I didn't miss people clapping at me, but I certainly missed, uh, the completion the completed feeling of what we do. Uh, that made sense to me. Um, it's a process. It's a funny process. Getting to the theater, warming up, getting your costume on, getting called to the stage. All of this is kind of a, a process to an end where I leave the theater having felt um, satisfied. And, and part of that is the, is the audience participation and, and their job to, to listen and enjoy it or not enjoy it or be moved or not be moved and to let us know at the end how they felt about it. And, and, um, and, we, and we did that. Um, everybody did their role. And, and that made sense, uh, I have to say. So when I said over and over again that I didn't miss people clapping at me, that was true. But I, but I, but I certainly missed the, the rounded completion feeling uh, of an evening at the theater. From the performer's perspective, you know, the, the audience, the audience pr- perspective is a completely different thing. Uh, they go on their journey and I go on mine and, and, uh, hopefully we meet and we meet at the, at the appropriate hour. And, and it felt like we did. Maybe that's more, <laughs> that sounds a little bit more poetic than I need at this hour, but, um, so be it. You're all still sleeping in the States anyway. Um, about, what is it? Nine more days to go. I'm going to get out of here move no big deal my my um my wife has done all of the packing i mean the serious lion's share of the packing i have been zero help all all i'm doing is i can pay for it that's all i can do but so the the actual labor of it uh has been undertaken and and um wow that's uh, a, an incredible job uh i'll be happy to be home for a little bit before we actually have to move uh, but it's happening. It's happening real quick. And the new house is waiting, and and um, I won't be there but five minutes before I got to run off too. So um, uh, the stress of of real life mixing with road life uh, continues. That's how this goes. That is really how this goes. You need some understanding people in your life to survive this business, uh, and I'm very fortunate that I do. I love you for listening. This is episode 76. Who cares? Um, 
couple more shows from Paris, and then uh, we'll be picking up at home for a bit, and then um, on to Chicago. We'll have some fun. Uh, everybody, have a great week. We'll see you on Thursday. Thanks for listening. Okay, bye. After all the jets are in the boxes And the clowns have all gone to bed You can hear happiness staggering on down the street Footprints dressed in red And the wind whispers very of yesterday's life Somewhere a queen is weeping Somewhere a king has no wife And the wind it cries very Mary.